This podcast contains possible spoilers about comic books and adaptations. You've been warned. In a universe where the fantastic becomes commonplace and superhero tropes are flipped on their head in spectacular fashion, you never know what twist to expect. This is a Robert Kirkman book, after all. Welcome to Comic Book Keepers. comic book keepers i'm chris and i'm lance and today we are talking about the image comic invincible let's get into it lance let's do this invincible is a superhero parody coming of age epic co-created by writer robert kirkman of walking dead fame and artist Corey walker invincible focuses on mark grayson a high schooler as he navigates the newly developed superpowers he has inherited from his alien father nolan otherwise known as Omni-Man, the greatest of Earth's superheroes. The alien Viltrumite bloodline endows superhuman abilities, including increased strength, flight, super speed, invulnerability, enhanced healing, and decelerated aging. Mark is really eager to utilize his powers and quickly becomes acquainted with the superhero squad known as the Teen Team. Surrounded by fellow young heroes and training from his father, Mark is able to develop his powers and help protect Earth from a multitude of threats. While some villains provide moderate difficulty, kind of like your street thugs, Mark is left wondering if being a superhero is really this easy. Little does he know that everything he thought he knew about his world is about to be thrown into a meat grinder. How did this teenage superhero story spark into existence? For that, we go into the archives. Before Invincible was even a thought, Robert Kirkman was working on a series called Battle Pope. And I love Battle with Pope. With the small press company Funkotron. He was pitching this concept after finishing Battle Pope, or after working on Battle Pope. He was pitching a new series called Science Dog to Image alongside Cory Walker. And at that time, Image then hired Kirkman and Walker to do the Super Patriot miniseries. And that led to Kirkman then working with EJ Sue, and they created Tech Jacket, which will put, come into play a little bit later. While they were working on Super Patriot, Corey Walker was actually living with Kirkman back in Lexington, Kentucky. And so as they were working on that book, the then publisher at Image, Jim Valentino, approached Kirkman about this resurgence that they were trying to do at Image. Jim wanted to bring back that feeling of superheroes to Image Comics. And they were going to be launching a superhero line all within the same month. And and so Valentino asked Kirkman, do you want to be a part of this? And of course, Kirkman wanted to create a hero, but he didn't really have an idea to pitch at the time. So he sat down and started thinking about what kind of hero he would want to create. For him, a lot of the heroes that he enjoyed when he was younger were heroes that were around his age when he was a teenager. So he started to think of a young teenage hero and what that would be like. And he started to develop, well, what if 
what if the kid's dad was an alien and then he started to develop powers but what if we made this world less about the um, amazing fan- fantastical elements of superpowers but focused it more on character relationships uh just dealing with everyday topics dating acne going to school balancing out this this world while still kind of having that superhero lifestyle on the side it yeah it's basically like what if you had a sitcom but also your main character was this amazing superhero uh-huh it makes things a little bit more difficult having to explain why you need to leave in the middle of a date kind of would make things a little bit difficult to really be working with. Like season one of Saved by the Bell, Zach Morris suddenly had to stop time. Zach Morris could stop time. He basically was a superhero. Oh my gosh, did we did we just discover an origin story within Saved by the Bell? Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, so anyway, that'll be a what if for a later issue. Aided by Corey Walker, the the duo of Walker and Kirkman really developed this this idea for a teenage superhero, and they ended up pitching the character to Image uh, by the name of B- Bulletproof. And then after they had pitched the idea, they really wanted to rework the design of their original costume, and then they decided, well, if we're going to change the name, maybe if we had a, a better well, if we're going to change the costume, what if we had a better name? Maybe it would inspire the costume. Kirkman really liked the idea of uh, Kid Cosmic, uh, which Walker was not in love with whatsoever. So they kept going through these ideas, and they decided on, well, being invincible is kind of like being bulletproof, so what if we call them invincible? And then that developed those ideas for... Uh, Invincible's costume, which is why he has an eye on the center of his costume. And it's it's fun just because in the comic, the main character's name is Mark, and his father's name is Nolan, or otherwise known as Omni-Man. And originally, Omni-Man's name was going to be Superman, but I don't think that would have gone over well. This is just a little too, too close. Supra-Man. Supra-Man. Yeah. Yes. So then that got changed to Omni-Man, which I think is a way better name anyway. And during during this time at Image, where there were multiple superhero titles about to be launched at the same time, Kirkman came across the colorist Bill Crabtree, who was working on another title at that time called Fire Breather, which was going to be launched at the same time. And he said, he grabbed Crabtree and said, you have to color Invincible. It wasn't really an option for him. And... If you talk to Kirkman, he'll say that Crabtree really didn't want to color Invincible at all, but he didn't really have an option. He was forced to. We see a preview of Invincible in Tech Jacket, which was Kirkman's other book that he had worked with E.J. Sue at that time, and which was in November 2002. And even before that, in August of 2002, there was a preview of Invincible in Savage Dragon issue 102. And then there's still some debate, really, about which one came out first, but we're not really dealing with that. Moving forward. Invincible uh, 1 was officially released January 22nd, 2003, alongside all these other titles, which included Dominion, Fire Breather, Clockmaker, Venture, and, of course, Invincible. And then Tech Jacket was technically 
an unofficial part of this superhero resurgence, but it wasn't a part of that monthly release. I'll be honest, I've never heard of any of those other titles. <laughs> I had heard of Dominion and Venture, but I, I had never heard of Fire Breather or Clockmaker before. But then again, these came out during a period of time when I wasn't as diehard into comics as I am now. Yeah. Invincible debuted to pretty decent numbers by comparison. They actually came in third uh, out of all of these titles for sales. And they were doing all right. And then they hit a low point around issue 13 sales wise. And that just led to it. It was due to a lot of different things that were going on at the time. One of the major issues being that uh, the releases were slowed. So within the first 12 months, normally you want to see one issue a month. You want to have that that consistency come out. However, there were only about six issues released at their year mark. And that was because Cory Walker started to fall behind with the releases. And, And to help out with that, Artist Ryan Otley was brought in on issue eight as a, just as a fill-in. But at that time, seeing Otley's work, Walker decided that a, month, a, a monthly series wasn't really for him. And at that point, Otley took over as Invincible's main artist. And then following Otley's contribution and, and with... Uh, a guest artist actually came in to do a cover for issue 14, which is Frank Cho. And if you know that name, you'll, you'll probably recognize his art. It's, he's a very popular artist within the comic book community. Oh, After so issue, good. Yeah, his, his art is fantastic. And with issue 14, which he did, since that point, Invincible never dropped below 8,000 copies sold for their month. So they kind of continued to rise after that point. So Frank Cho comes in, does the cover of issue 14. They start to see an increase in sales. But that wasn't wasn't necessarily the reason for the increase in productivity because a lot of it had to do with word of mouth that was spreading around that time, in which was around 2004. They had Invincible on the cover of a free comic book day issue, so more people were being able to see the character, really getting to learn what wait, who is this? Because on the cover, you have all of the prominent figures within image titles, including like Spawn, which is probably one of the most popular characters to come out of image. And right next to him was Invincible. So people started to say, wait, who is is this character? And then probably the most important part of their kind of surge in, in popularity was when they were shortlisted as one of the best new series by the Eisner Awards in that same year of 2004. And then after that, Invincible was one of the better-selling image titles. Yeah, I think also, you know, once Walking Dead picked up in popularity, and it got really popular. Yeah, people were just like, "Well, what else did Kirkman do?" Mm-hmm. And they and just like people that were fan of the writing would seek out Battle Pope. They would seek out, you know, uh, Amazing Wolfman or Astounding Wolfman the Wolfman book that he does. Yeah. And then they, of course they would find invincible because people would just be like, well, you, you like walking dead. You shouldn't, if you like the writer doing superheroes, check out invincible. And that's actually how I found it is, is because I was a fan of walking dead and then went back and was like, Oh, he does a superhero book. Heck yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah. read this. And I was not disappointed. Yeah. I, um, I was definitely 
late to the party. Just I had I had a roommate in college who I, I've talked about before in our zero issue. And he was so adamant about me reading Invincible. It was every single time we would talk about comics, it was you need to read Invincible. And now having read it specifically to record this episode and me being 57 issues into the series now, I regret not getting into this comic sooner. So <laughs> follow much. your roommate's instincts. I know I, I should have because Invincible is not only one of my favorite new series. It's probably one of my favorite comic book series period. Now there are so many elements of this comic that are so well done. It is mind boggling yeah. <laughs> to, th- it is mind boggling to think how they were able to balance all these stories, these subplots, all these crazy characters, the humor, the violence. It, it is unbelievable how good this book is. And, it, and, and so it a little gets behind, better. Yeah. <laughs> and a little behind the scenes of, of us researching, we try to, you know, pretty like heavily binge a bunch of comics before recording the issue for a character. So in the past two weeks, um, I keep getting texts from Lance, you know, of like a, a panel of a page of like, do you believe this? Can you believe this shot? Like, oh, my gosh, what happens? You know, like, And I'm like, I know. <laughs> or, oh, wait, I haven't I don't remember that. So it's it was kind of fun just living through that again, because um, I had read maybe about half of what I owned. But then I just never I was like, oh, I got to get I got to read these books. And I just, you know, never got to it. And this this was a good motivation to finally read these books. I think I I benefited from the fact that I literally knew absolutely nothing about this series. Not a single thing. I, there's a major spoiler that's in that we'll, we'll get to later, but I had no clue the twist that was coming around in, in, in shoe 13. And I, as soon as that happened, the series took off for me. It, it was, it was fine because in all honesty, so I was re- I was reading the series through Comicsology, reading the volumes that they had. I finished finished volume one, and to be honest, I was like, "Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it, there's there was nothing that really stood out to me. Yeah, it was great. They I got to there was some fun humor. There's some cool action. But as soon as and but as soon as I finished volume two, and you really get to see that plot twist, it it all kind of clicked for me. And I understood, oh, this book is very different than what I was expecting it. And you know, it like my roommate was right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it just gets better every single issue. It's it's so good. <laughs> I, I It's was like ex- a really good lasagna, you guys. The layers. There's so many layers. I, All right. I was well, so let's... excited to just I was so excited to record this this episode or this issue just because of how much I loved this comic. All right. Well, let's delve into about the comic delving a little bit more into the characters and the characters around the main character. So our main character, Invincible, his real name and a secret identity is Mark Grayson. Um, And I want to just mention that. Do you think that he chose Grayson as his last name because of Dick Grayson, like referencing a young kind of teenage hero? Do you think that was kind of like a nod to that? 
I, it probably was a nod. Like we even in one of the panels of of Invincible, at one point we get to see like the cuff of Batman's bat suit. So yeah, there's an alternate sp- universe time jump kind of thing. Be- honestly, Mark Mark kind of does have like a Dick Grayson character design. He has he's bit, like yeah the the slender muscular. He has dark black hair. Yeah. But but way different, like yes. oh, <laughs> from a design complete, personality wise, yeah, different character. But like yeah. from a design or, or maybe a little bit of an influence, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so his name is Mark Grayson. Uh, he was originally called Bulletproof, like you mentioned, but they changed it to Invincible. Uh, Bulletproof actually comes back as another character. Mm-hmm. Um, the setting takes place in the United States. It, it's a little nondescript. Uh, I don't think they ex- exactly say where, but it seems kind of like you know, New Englandy kind of a place, but it kind of, I think is left a little vague because invincible can fly so fast and all these superheroes can kind of get anywhere. Um, you know, there's mentions to specific locations, like the, a lot of, uh, a lot of scenes take place at the Pentagon, like in this underground facility. And then the guardians of the globe, um, which we'll mention in a bit, um, you know, have us have a base. And I think it's Utah or like, yeah, yeah. They have it in like U- Utah. And then, and then the team teams, Looks like it's on the top of like San Francisco, Golden Gate. San Francisco. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's in I think it's in the Golden Gate Bridge or yeah. some bridge like it might be a New York bridge or something like that. But, yeah, it's like inside of a bridge. Uh, and plus, there's a lot of stuff that takes place in space. So it definitely expands the universe um, quite a bit. Um, uh, he his job as Mark Grayson. Uh, originally, he works at Burger Mart. Um, he is a high school student and later becomes a college student. So it definitely has that. um you definitely see a lot of his secret identity uh, vibe and kind of how he manages normal life um, a little bit. I mean, it, it's a, it goes into a little, little bit and it definitely addresses that, um, but probably not as much as like, say like a Spider-Man, what, you know, does, yeah. but um, it definitely touches on like, you know, some shenanigans that his real life counterparts gets into um, his affiliations as invincible. He is a member of the team team initially. Um, he's, kind of affiliated with guardians of the globe even though i don't think he's actually in it no um, he, but he just gets called in sometimes yeah they're they're kind of always around you know they, they help out and um and then he works for the global defense agency which is um kind of a, an underground government facility that's how he gets paid and you know this character cecil which we'll mention later um so some of the supporting characters he has his best friend, William, uh, his uh, eventual first girlfriend, Amber, um, Deborah, his mom, and Nolan Grayson, his dad. Uh, Cecil Stedman is a, sort of his government agent, the sort of uh, the, the person in charge of the Global Defense Agency. The guy that tells wants... him where to punch. Exactly. Yeah. So he he kind of it, he has this, you know, communicator and he gets a he gets a call from Cecil and he's like, hey, we need you, kid. And and. and that that causes a lot of uh, funny and also kind of like frustrating moments with, with Mark. Cause he's like, Oh, I got to leave my girlfriend or I have to leave this thing with my friend that he's always like going off and stuff. So there's a lot of that. Um, there's Arthur who is his tailor who makes superhero outfits. Uh, there's also, I got to give a shout out to principal Winslow uh, yeah, of his high school, such, such a good who, character. And the high school is Reginald Vell Johnson high. So props to anyone who puts those two things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually looks like Reginald Vell Johnson because of, of the sitcom family matters. 
Mr. Winslow. He, he's like uh, the Mr. Feeney of this series. Yeah, he's great. He he even goes to college with them, just like Mr. Feeney did. Yeah, he, he ends up, he's like, oh, I'm the dean of students now. It's it's, it's, it's like, such what? a great... We, 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 eh, that, we'll go with I it. I love you, it. You didn't need to create a new dean. Let's just keep the same guy. So those are kind of like the real world like normal world characters and then uh, and then there's um well i guess you could kind of put cecil in the the heroes but he's not then there's all the supporting heroes and there are a lot so we're just going to mention so kind of some of our favorites uh adam eve uh there's robot rexplode the immortal alan the alien who's my absolute girl. favorite alan the alien alan the alien is amazing okay we'll, we'll talk about him later uh monster girl Black Samson, Duplicate, Bulletproof. I mean, these names are so good. And let's talk about some of the antagonists. You have Angstrom Levy, the Mahler twins, Doc Seismic, the Elephant, uh, who Robert Kirkman despises, apparently. Yeah, um, Biplane, who's kind of like the Vulture, Battle yeah. Beast, the Lizard League, your uh, homage to your homage to uh, Cobra, you know, from G.I. Joe. Or Serpent uh, Society. The, or Serpent Society, right? Uh, the Reanimen, uh, the Sequids, Titan, the Vultramite Empire, Machine Head, who's a mob boss, Furnace, Tether Tyrant, Isotope, Multipole, Duplicate's Brother, Giant, and it just goes on and on. So, I mean, there's some of the fun things is like seeing all of the crazy heroes and also villains that pop in. And some of them only last an issue and some of them pop back up every once in a while, like the Mauler Twins are definitely some of my favorite of like, Oh yeah, it's these guys. Yeah. It's like, and one of them, th- one of their jokes that's ongoing is uh, one of them will clone themselves and they instantly don't remember who is the original. And they're like, well, you are my clone. And he's like, no, no, I'm the original. <laughs> You're the clone. And, and it just it, like, at some point where they just don't know. So yeah, there's some really funny stuff. Doc Seismic is very like mole man, you know, um, underground. And yeah, there's a lot of really fun, uh, parodies of of heroes and villains in this yeah, book that's that's probably one of the the great things about this book is just there's so many parody characters so you get to see these characters like like the elephant you're like oh he's like the rhino and then by plane <laughs> and you're like oh that's that's the vulture and then and we, if we if should you, mention the guardians of the original guardians of the globe oh all um, right our, it's the justice league yeah, I mean it's basically the Justice League. So the, the 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 lineup changes as the comic goes on, but the original Guardians. I mean, you have uh, War Woman, right? Yep. Who's Wonder Woman? Um, yep. You have I don't remember all of them, but it's uh, but there's there's kind of a Green Lantern character. There's the Aquaman guy. Yeah, the Aquaman parody is a fish. It's, it's so good. <laughs> it's like this fish sort of uh, hybrid, you know, humanoid. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, there's a Martian yeah, character. Yeah, there's a there is a Martian character that's like a shape changer. So it it it, it does a really good job of parodying Justice League while making it completely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Darkwing uh, is the, sort of the Batman character, and yeah. Okay, so that's that's uh about the comic. I I, I do want to say like with all of these characters that are parodies even though there there are these elements that are like other characters from other franchises and series, their powers a lot of the time are, I I would even go as far as say they're, they're even a little bit more complex than what we get in the original titles that we would compare them to. There's a lot of smart choices with, with 
powers, with the development of abilities, with their relationships. It, there's there's so much development throughout an insanely large ensemble cast. Yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things that I'm reading it, and you're the crazy like, thing is like. Like, like we can mention, you know, the, the, the Superman kind of parody is uh, is uh, not Omni Man, um, the Immortal. Yeah, uh, he's he's kind of like the the really strong. He's like he he can't die. He's basically Highlander that can fly, you know, with like huge muscles. And he's been around so long. And he was Abraham Lincoln. He was like, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so like, good. And he has, still has he still has the beard. Yes. So and Brilliant. so he's he can't die and and so that's kind of a fun trope but which is way different than superman because you know invincible kind of has a lot of the superman sort of things but he doesn't have you know frost breath and laser eyes and stuff like that he but he can fly and he's invulnerable and hold his breath and everything so so yeah i think there's stuff to make it different but it's but you kind of get who they're referencing which is fun so do we have a, a poll list for Invincible, um, Lance, uh, or suggestions of comics that we would want to um, recommend? Well, I I would strongly suggest just reading from the beginning. So if you, if you can find... <laughs> just the, get all of them. <laughs> yeah, get all 144 issues of the main Invincible storyline, if you can. But I, I would really suggest going out and trying to find those those early number issues just because popularity is on the rise and we'll get into that a little bit later why but there there are so many good moments in those early issues and obviously the storyline gets better and better and better but the the print run for a lot of those issues is very low and so after a point once the popularity rises they're going to be really hard to find yeah and and the collected editions are done really smartly so you have obviously the individual issues which are probably going to be harder to find. Um there are trade paperbacks which I love how they did these because they are all titled the, the storylines are all titled after like 80s and 90s and modern sitcoms. So you have like a storyline like who's the boss and what's happening and and family ties and stuff like that and and it's great and it's relevant to the story which is crazy. Um, but there's also the ultimate collections, which are 13 issues at a time. So they're big hardcover books. They have a lot of bonus material, scripts, artwork, sketches. Um, those are the ones I have, and, and they look great on the bookshelf, and they're really nice quality. They run about like you know 20 to 30 bucks, depending on where you buy them. And um, th- so those are really nice too. And of course, like uh, like Lance was saying, like um, a lot of Invincible is available on Comixology. I think right now it's going up to like issue 50. 53. 53 um, is part of um, Comixology Unlimited. And then, of course, you can buy the rest, um, the whole series. So um, that's that's definitely how you can get it. What else? And then there's also a, a shorter run series that's just the Invincible Universe. And you get to see a lot of the different characters, just just more story within that that realm. Yep. And then there's also a Marvel team up yes. with Spider-Man. And there's a, there's a fun you know, without giving away any spoilers, um, there are some alternate dimension jumping shenanigans that uh, Invincible has. And there's something that kind of mentions that, you know, he goes into uh, the Marvel Universe. And so there's an issue, uh, number 14 of Marvel Team Up, where Invincible is with Spider-Man and they have a little conversation in exchange. Um, and then there's, you know, there's. Uh, yeah, I guess that's what I was going to say. <laughs> so so check that out. 
Uh, what are there any grail finds of like what you would uh, that uh, issues or or things that you were really happy with that you found with Invincible since you were a recent convert? Yes, I uh, was lucky enough to af- after kind of reading probably through issue I want to say like forty and was absolutely obsessed. Uh, went into my local comic shop and I found issues two, three, and four, and like a, a dummy at the time because they they were priced um a little bit higher than I what I would have wanted to spend at that time just you know the the world's a little crazy right now so money can be a little tight at times so I went home and then looked up the value for those issues and I was thought oh I am an idiot and I immediately went back the next day and bought issues 2 3 and 4 and so those are sitting very nicely in my my collection right now yeah, I I want to say I bought some Invincible comics, and I, I don't know which ones I got. So I have to actually go through. I just moved a lot of my comics from my, my parents' house back east uh, to where I live now. And, and uh, I don't know exactly what I have in Invincible. I know I have something. I'm not sure what issue it is. <laughs> when you find it, I want to see it. So I'm really hoping it's like a number one or a two or something. But, amazing. You know, I don't know. Um, but I'm really happy with my, my hardcovers as well. I think that's just it's yeah. a satisfying read. There, have. there are so many great little extras in those collected volumes, the, the art, the little notes that they have in there. It's, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Even, to read those. even just the covers. I mean, I love the, all the characters kind of around the wraparound covers. You see it's this sort of collage, um, you know, with a color fade on, on each section. And it's a really cool way to get hyped up for, all of these characters that you're going to see and you're like, who is that guy? What is this <laughs> alien dude? And who's this guy with a, a, you know, a log on his head. And you know, it's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's a, uh, it, it's a really fun way to get excited for it. Lance, why don't we take a little bit of a break? Let's do that. Legends of Superhero Story is a new actual play podcast using the Legends Superhero role-playing game system. This exciting new superhero tabletop RPG follows our game master Jack and our fledgling heroes played by Chad, Emily, Amanda, and Daniel as they work their way through their origin story and beyond. Let's hope they learn to work together as a team in time to save the world and truly become Legends. Legends of Superhero Story is available on all podcast platforms. For more information, follow us on social media at The Legends Cast or visit our website, www.matchplaygames.ca forward slash The Legends Cast. Hey, everybody. Thank you again for listening to Comic Book Keepers. Uh, if you've been listening to a couple of issues or if you're turning in for the first time, we really want to thank you. We love you guys. We hope you uh, you know, enjoy this as much as you love comics, which is probably not as much, but hopefully we are giving you what you want. And if we're not, if there is a character that you really want to see us talk about, let us know. Send us an email to comicbookkeepers at gmail.com or hit us up on our Twitter or Instagram at cbkcast and let us know what characters or teams or villains that you want to see us talk about. And we just want to say thank you again for listening. The best kind of 
praise that you can give us is to leave a rating and review on your podcast channel of choice. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can just scroll down a little bit on the page where it has all the episodes, and there's a little thing that says, leave a review, and you can be like, oh, it's so great. It's so cool. I love talking about comics, and Lance and Chris have a great you know, thing. It's almost like they're, they're friends, and, and, and it sounds great. Uh, you don't have to say that. You can say whatever you want. But um, you know, any kind of like review or that sort of thing, we might even read it during the announcements. Lance, is there anything you want to say? As always, just be nice. <laughs> and I'll say just be honest. Well, thank you guys for listening. Let's get back to the issue. All right. We're back. We're back from our break. Can we, I think, can we please talk spoilers now? Okay. So here's the thing. Invincible one of the reasons it's so good and and I think that we both really love it is because there are so many plot twists. There are so many reveals and uh, like OMG jaw dropping moments, which makes it so good and satisfying. And I love, you know, shows like lost and game of Thrones and, and uh, alias and, and, and I used to do a, a web comic that had a bunch of drops and, you know, like, like twists and everything. And, and I love those kind of storylines. So, um, same thing with walking dead. So I think yeah. invincible, it, definitely, like you said, around issue 13 is the first really big one that you're like, Whoa. Yeah. It's if a series can, yeah. If a series can give you whiplash, you, you know, it's a good one. <laughs> so this is a spoiler warning. Hey everybody, so if you don't want to hear any more spoilers from this point on, what you'll do is fast forward to minute 43 and 21 seconds. That's 4321, real easy to remember, and you'll hear this music. Fun, isn't it? After that, we will continue our spoiler-free conversation about Invincible. This is your last chance in three, two, one. So you're thinking, oh man, this, this Omni-Man, he's being so great. Like Nolan's such a good father. He's, he's training his son to be this hero. It's fantastic. Admirable guy. And then he absolutely murders the entire Guardians of the Globe. The, the the heroes, the greatest heroes of the world, the Justice League of this world. Omni-Man is witnessed, or I think we witness, right? It, it's not even Invincible that witnesses it first. It's no, like no, we, we just do. see... The, the, the readers witness it first. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> and it's it's just brutal. I mean, it's, it's limbs and blood and parts and everything. And it's it's like... Oh man, and uh, there's yeah. definitely something going on. Yeah, and if if we if we haven't mentioned it, this this series is definitely mature. There there is so much violence. This is adult. Yeah, yeah. There's not really nudity. It's not it's not like sex. It's there, violence. Yeah, yeah. There there's hinting at like the the sensual stuff, but the the violence is what makes it adult. They don't even really do a lot of like bad language. It's no, not really. It's just violence. Yeah. <laughs> So keep that in mind. If you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm I'm all right if there's no sex or uh, cursing, but whoa, there's a lot of blood. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually um, American audiences like, well, I don't want to see yeah. this one thing, but violence given to me all day long. In one second, it's a um, 
Cameron Crowe movie, and then all of a sudden it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. <laughs> yeah, that is that so. is a very good description. <laughs> so uh, Omni Man, yeah, is uh, revealed to be this murderer, but there's a reason behind it, and it's because we know that he's a Viltrumite, and we kind of find out that the Viltrumite Empire has assigned him to prepare Earth for their eventual takeover and conquest of the Earth. And he was sent to basically, you know, he's going to take out the Guardians of the Globe. He finds out what the major threat is. He's going to kill them all. And he's preparing for the eventual takeover of the Earth by his people. Mark finds out about this. All right. Actually, what happens is, uh, um, what's the name? What happens is the immortal comes back. Um, The immortal, he knows you know, can't die. So what Omni-Man does is he buries him in, uh, he spreads apart his body in a very like medieval kind of, you know, uh, Merlin versus Morrigan kind of way. And like, he spreads out his body and, uh, buries at different places. And then the Mauler twins actually surprisingly are the ones that find the parts of Omni-Man and put him back together because they want to use him for their own purposes, right? They they have their own villainous thing, but of course he gets out of that. Yeah. Fails spectacularly. So he, so he, uh, good old Molar twins. So, um, uh, so uh, uh, the immortal, um, goes to fight, uh, Omni-Man invincible witnesses their fight. And he also witnesses Omni-Man, punching and like destroying killing temporarily uh the immortal and he realizes at that point and kind of gets this whole confession it's this great scene where they're flying in the air and he has this whole confession of yeah i killed them and this is why and this is and you have to understand this yeah. and he's and, like and, and, and you're going to join me and you need to join me and this is this is our people this is what our our race does and you know, and you need to do that. And Invincible's like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. And, and you see their fists both clinch and it's, then it's just this. And then it goes down. It it definitely goes down. Like it's a world spanning fight, like into mountains, buildings, like people are killed. It's just, it's, 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 uh, it's intense. And um, so now he doesn't die and we see Omni-Man later and we won't kind of go into that, but, but there's, that's what really sets the tone of like, wow, this, you know, it changes the vibe of the entire comic uh, in, in a great way because now you have this weight of what is going to happen. And like, what is this Viltrumite, um, you know, threat and which very much looms. I mean, this is the big bad of the entire series is the Viltrumites. And every time you see a Viltrumite, uh, you know, rear their head. And by the way, I love that the Viltrumites all have these like super yes, thick mustaches. Super like, thick Ron <laughs> Swanson mustaches. And, you know, and they are like beasts. Like they are quick to anger. And so is Mark, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's, that's kind of one of his um, flaws is he's very, he has a temper and, and he even mentions it, you know, and, and his dad definitely is like that as well. And all of them are like that. And I love that they, they kind of talk about that as like, yeah, we are all very like, we know this and it's a flaw. And, and I think that's, that's kind of a, it was a good writing choice that, you know, they're, they have this, this societal, you know, uh, weakness 
of their temper. And um, I'm interested to see, cause we haven't read the whole issue that we haven't read the whole series, but I'm interested to see if like that kind of thing comes into play, but Mark definitely like fights it. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to do this. Um, Th- that, that moment where you find out about the, the truth behind Omni-Man and it, as much as Mark feels betrayed in that storyline, the you as the reader feel unbelievably betrayed just because everything that you you have been told so far in the in this these the series is a complete lie. There there's yeah. an entire issue where Nolan tells the story of this very peaceful Viltrumite empire that has discovered all these technologies and they're they're going out as like a peace committee and they're trying to help all of these different worlds be developed and be be safe and be a utopia when in reality it's the polar opposite and they're trying to enslave races and they're, they're saying they're trying to, they're going to make them better but the truth is, is they're actually just going to give them some tech steal all their resources and then their world's going to eventually be destroyed but they don't care because as a Viltrumite, they live for thousands of years and mm-hmm. for them and in, in their minds, humans or beings that don't live as long as them are insignificant because they're one day they'll just be gone. They won't be a part of your life anymore. And for them that, that means they, they have no, no real meaning. And there is a really devastatingly brutal conversation that Mark and Nolan have about earth, about the relationships they have with people and, and even how Nolan feels about Mark's mother. It, it is heartbreaking the things that are said and what, what the series does really well, even though like all these Viltrumites, like they're quick to anger and so is Mark. But every time Mark is quick to anger you feel justified. There, there are things that happen that are so unbelievably bad and brutal that you, you, you understand that that Mark is kind of pushing the envelope. But at the same time, you're thinking, "I'm, I'm on his side. Like I understand why he's angry. It's just it's yeah. an earned anger." Whereas I feel in a lot of other series, heroes will just get angry and lash out. It is a hundred percent earned in this series. Yeah, for sure. It's uh it's awesome. And there's there's a lot of other big spoilers, but I think that's the one that we wanted to talk about because it definitely sets the tone. I mean, um and you know, there's a lot of like surprise moments, almost like shock moments. Mm-hmm. Um but but that's that's one of the big twists. Um I mean, there's a lot of like, oh, I didn't know he was bad and I didn't know that guy, you know, that guy is has definitely showed up and like that's a big surprise. Like there's a lot of moments like that too, which are great. Um, but that's one of the big twists. Mm-hmm. So you never know. It's it's very game of Thrones. It's very yeah. like, you don't know who you can rely on or who's going to live. Anybody could die, including Mark yeah. <laughs> apparently. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it, cause this very much plays on the tropes of superhero. Like, you know, there's alternate universes, there's things that can bring people back. So it's a fun ride. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to stop talking about spoilers. We got to do something to kind of initiate, like we're not talking about spoilers anymore. No spoilers. This is the end of the spoilers. Welcome back to the show. You are 
spoiler free from here on. Okay, welcome back. We are no longer talking about spoilers. Let's talk about adaptations for Invincible. Now, there haven't really been a lot um, so far, but there will be some coming out later this year and possibly into the future. So excited. Yeah. So right now, the only thing that's really been done from an adaptation point of view is a motion comic that Amazon did a few years ago. And it didn't really have a lot of success. Some of the reviews I read was it wasn't really good. Um, They've had some technical issues with not being able to be played in some countries. So they experimented with a motion comic. Uh, there's some an emotion comic. If you haven't ever seen one, it's kind of like it's images from the comic. Artists have taken some of the images and they sort of manipulated it to have some movement, sort of like layers, and, and they have sound effects and they've hired actors to voice over stuff, but it's almost like an animatic. So it's sort of like an animation, but it's not really animated because it's still images. Um, I still actually like the the motion comic that they did for some of the X-Men books for astonishing X-Men. But, but that's the only one that I've seen that I really liked. All the other ones are kind of hit and miss. So, um, but, but they are Amazon, uh, same company, Amazon, uh, prime has commissioned, uh, commissioned a animated adaptation of invincible. And uh, it is coming out um, later this year uh, in 2020. And the voice cast for this alone is really awesome. It so just bonkers. some of the names, some of the names. Uh, so Stephen Yuen, who played Glenn on Walking Dead, is going to be voicing Mark Grayson, which I think is an awesome choice. Yeah, he's such a great versatile actor. He actually is, you know, he started in comedy uh, with some improv uh, things in LA. And, and oh, so we know he can, we know he can do that. We know he can do drama. JK Simmons, who we all know uh, as Academy Award winning actor um, has been in the Spider-Man movies as J Jonah Jameson and countless other things as a character actor. So he's going to be Nolan Grayson, Sandra. O, oh, uh, Emmy award winner is going to be Debbie, his mom, Mark Hamill. Yes. Mark Luke Skywalker Hamill is going to be Cecil Stedman, which I think is amazing. Perfect just casting. casting him as this, yeah. this kind of crotchety old government agent, you know, who's in charge. Seth Rogen, one of the producers of the series, is going to be Alan the the Alien. Jillian yeah. Jacobs, who I love, love, love yeah. from Community, is going so to be uh, is going to be Adam Eve, Samantha Eve Wilkins, and so many other people's like uh, Andrew Reynolds, Zazie Beetz, Walton Goggins. Jason Manzukis is going to be Rex Flood, uh, May Whitman, Kevin Michael Richardson, who is going to be the Mahler twins, and probably let's let's be honest, probably like ten other. Oh, uh, he'll he'll be every other character in the series. Yeah, so they they definitely have some like pretty really good uh, Greg Griffin, uh, Max Burkholder. So they they have a lot of other voice actors, yeah. um, big names in voice acting. Yeah, so so I'm super excited about the voice cast. So that's the animated series. Now, in addition to that, the production team of Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg initially in 2017 said that they would write, direct, and co-produce a film adaptation of the comic for Universal. Since then, Amazon did this animated series, and Seth Rogen's kind of involved in that. So uh, he they're not going to produce the series anymore but so there's kind of like there is going to be a movie but there hasn't really been an announcement about it but maybe they're involved somehow but they're definitely they kind of changed into uh this animated series first and i think it's going to be one of those things where 
they're going to see how this how the, the animation does and based on reception and everything like that then they're going to kind of kind of develop the movie from there it could be something that goes straight to amazon or it goes you know straight to netflix or hopefully we see a theatrical release i mean can you imagine like an adult superhero like crazy you know live action invincible that would just be awesome well but i'm I'm really excited for the animation for sure yeah and and in a world where we now have the live action series of the boys which is also on amazon prime yeah it it makes sense like it is the perfect combination because it can be done it, it can be, and it, it can be done very well, because yeah. I'm sure at one point we'll talk about the boys, but I honestly like the adaptation more than even the comic, which is crazy. Yeah, and and Kick-Ass, you know, I think you can kind of loop yeah. that in there. I mm-hmm. mean, there's there's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, Punisher. I mean, there, there's you have serious uh, hardcore action comics, and you have ones that have, like, humor and uh, extreme violence that are done respectfully and also with a twinge of fun so i mean uh invincible kind of falls into that and this definitely has that that like heavy superhero feel i mean they don't apologize for like people in capes and everything that's part of the story is how ridiculous some of these characters are but they have you know all this stuff so i think that's gonna be really interesting to see what they do for a movie but there is confirmed later this year 2020 animated series to look forward to so those are adaptations now, uh, Lance, do you want to talk about what our what, what if is for this issue? What yeah, so every issue we do this what if segment where we talk about our fever dream concepts, what we really would want to uh, bring in as it relates to these comments. And this week we wanted to do what if we created our own parody hero or villain that would fit into the Invincible Universe. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm very excited to talk about this segment, but I want to hear what you have first. (laughs) All right. Uh, Well, I have two. So why don't I do one of mine and you can do yours and I'll do my other one. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) So, yeah, we we decided like because Invincible, as we've mentioned, has so many great parody characters and just kind of ridiculous heroes and villains. Uh, you know that there's so many ones with like puns and they have like alliteration stuff. So it's, it was like, what if we just make up something that either parodies or also kind of falls into the universe? So I made a villain uh, and his name is heavyweight and he is a former failed Olympic shot putter, but by doing a lot of steroids, trying to bulk up, it caused his density to change. So he became extremely just super thick and just like, heavier than usual gravity. Um, and he has the power to change his molecular density of other objects, which uh, can turn very light objects like cupcakes into super hard, deadly surfaces that are um, substances <laughs> like diamonds, you know, so you might throw like a bubble at you, but it like cuts your face off or something Yikes. or um, soft gelatinous surfaces, uh, you know, like really hard things like concrete can be turned into like soap or something like, like something with that consistency. So, and he, has a hippo sort of outfit on because that'd be funny because of course he does <laughs> because of course yeah so that's heavyweight um you know somebody that i, I see him as kind of like a low level big thug henchman yeah, but like he's a goon. I, I i wanted him to have a little bit more of a um sort of mutanty kind of like almost like shadow cat 
gone wrong <laughs> like yeah. on on a on a full level of just like yeah i can make things really heavy and you know change the floor and change little things and he has little things he throws that are super lightweight like nerf darts but he makes them like super deadly he turns them into bullets <laughs> as they go that's heavyweight okay your turn i don't know if you're ready for this or not i'm ready so i i was really when we came up with this idea i just went through my comic book app that I have and just all my books and really wanted to find something. And I, I saw like, uh, like, uh, Dr. Strange. I was like, I can make like a professor oddity guy. And I was like, no, I don't like that at all. Then I saw ghost Rider. I was like, hell cyclist. I was like, no, I don't want to do that either. And then I came across this series. I'm not going to say it yet, but so the main character is going to, his name's going to be Liger. O. Mega. Liger Omega. Liger O Omega. Okay. And he is going to be the leader of the Greek Fee Lightning Squad. Do you have <laughs> any clue what I'm referencing yet? Um <laughs> uh, okay, I uh, so we're going with kind of a cat theme. I think I know where you're going with this, but but keep going. Okay. Rather than having the Sword of Omens, there's going to be the Axe of Mythology. Okay, it's Thundercats. Yeah, yes. So it's a parody of Thundercats. <laughs> yes. So like feline lightning, fee lightning. And sure. so because... The, you don't have to justify this to me. I get it. All right. I, I and just, and I our listeners to, get it. I just want to explain this because <laughs> I, I love it so much. I want it to be a thing. Okay, all right. So... Well, I am going to draw these. We, we've already yes. talked about it. I'm going to draw both of these. So Which I'm so very excited concepts. about. So like Liger-O is the pun on lion but then I add the mega aspect to, to it. And so they're going to be these Greek-based, uh, like, fee-lightning cats. So, like, very anthropomorphic, whereas Thundercats might have been a little bit more... They they looked more human than They're animal. more human, so these guys the, are more cats. Yes. And so okay. they're, they're going to be way more like the cat aspect to it. Still anthropomorphic, yeah. but like this. So he has the Axe of Mythology... And when he's using it, though, so you know how Lionel would say thunder, 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 canto, and then his sword would become, like, way more powerful. Yep. With this uh, axe, he has to say every letter of the Greek alphabet. <laughs> but but it's, it's like, it only lasts, it only lasts, like, 15 minutes at a time. And so he can't just, like, say the whole thing before he goes into battle because it'll just be over. So... It, it, so think about Alpha this, beta kappa. exactly Alpha beta gamma tata, like going through uh, going through all of these and but think about for a minute so he can't say it beforehand because it'll just be done so while he's mid battle he's saying it and as he's saying the like the, going through the alphabet the axe is going to change and become stronger with each letter he says and so think of the action sequence where he's fighting and he says the next the next letter and in the next panel, the weapon has changed and it, it's stronger and better. So you can just see this whole sequence of it just getting stronger and stronger and stronger until he like meets up with the big bad of the storyline. And this weapon is just this insane, multi-bladed, glowing monstrosity. And, and of then a does he have fifteen minutes? Like once it once it achieves Omega, or so as soon as as soon as you start saying the alphabet, you have fifteen minutes from then on. Oh, okay. So, but so he's got to really burn exactly. through those, burns those characters. Through. So he has he's to keep going. Get... Like, mm-hmm. So he has to keep saying it faster and faster and faster. 
And I, I wonder why 15 minutes. I wonder why the Greek gods who made this, I, you know, time limit, if they were like, yes, 15 minutes, that will do. Exactly. Well, the people that developed this will have to think of that. I did it because I didn't like the idea of him just being able to say it whenever he wanted and then he would just have it. I mean, that's what Voltron does. They, they yeah. just, yeah. you know. I, I, I need a build up to an epic weapon. I, I don't want. All right. Fair enough. Like, Who are the other uh, lightning, light, lightning yeah. cats? So I, I, when I was thinking of this idea, I was thinking of um, with, within the Invincible Universe, we have Battle Beast. And yes. rather than kind of ex- explaining that character away, I wanted him to be a part of this fee lightning squad but he's like the rogue character so rather than being called battle beast he actually was called beta beast before and he but he's left the squad and he but battle beast is also an alien so these creatures are actually aliens and they're from a planet and at one point the greeks had somehow been able to make this like um teleportation circle or transmutation circle and they actually were taken to the planet where all of these feline anthropomorphic creatures were and they taught them about like greek culture and mythology and all those things and that's where they got these weapons all that so all that nonsense anyway um the main uh partner for liger omega would be poom alpha so like a puma the alpha poom alpha and then there would also be an ocelot who would be ocelot tau like Tao. So yeah. just puns based on the entire Greek alphabet. I didn't come up with all of them because I didn't want to do that. That that That's okay. Lance, we were just supposed to come up with one. <laughs> oh, I wanted more. There needed to be more. Okay, well, I'm only drawing one. That's fine. I want Liger so Omega with a crazy Liger axe. Omega. Yes. Okay. <laughs> this is meant to be a short segment. No, long Not time. an entire backstory. All I wrote backstory. a paragraph. Nope. Uh, that's great and well done. And um, uh, so I will share my second, since you came up with a whole team and <laughs> pitch for an animated series. I came up with another character who is a hero and his name is Night Light. And it's Knight, like a knight of the round table. And so it's, he is a medieval dressed white knight who is, a hero who can cause bright blinding light to surround himself as and, and others. So he kind of has this glow aura about him uh, that can be blinding so he can strike and, and that sort of thing. And um, he can also manipulate light into a solid tangible shield or sword to combat opponents. And he rides a horse who he calls Sunbeam. And, um, and it's kind of this bright, you know, blinding white horse. So that's, that's night light. I, I didn't really come up with a secret identity, but I imagine he has some sort of, you know, social justice warrior. Sound, <laughs> he sounds adorable. Yeah. But I thought that would, that just fits into the invincible universe. Like, Oh, night light. Yes, I am here. Cause that all of the heroes, uh, and I kind of based them off of the black Knight, uh, mm-hmm. black Knight from Marvel comics. Because all the heroes, you know, they, they have a lot of like superhero stuff. And but, you know, Marvel and DC, they, they kind of dip into some mythology stuff with Hercules and, and Ares and, and Black Knight and, and stuff like that. And I, with the immortals. So I think that this would kind of fill that that need, that void of, of like there's deeper stuff. I, I can I, I imagine his nemesis is just this um, boogeyman creature 
that just terrifies children. And so this nightlight just bursts into children's rooms when the boogeyman's about to be there, just lights up okay, the well, I, room. Okay, but, well, okay, I had an idea for his nemesis already. Of course you did, yes. <laughs> and you know how Medusas are Gorgons? Yeah. It would be a, a female Gorgon, and her name would be Gorgonzola. <laughs> Jeez, I knew that but was Gorgon Zola, right? Yes. Her name is Zola, uh-huh. Zola. So it's like nice. Okay. And uh and she she's this multi snake haired yeah, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Love it. I can't wait to see all these things. Gorgon Zola <laughs> White Knights. I will bring in the what is it, the Fee Lightning Squad? The yeah, the Greek Fee Lightning Squad. All right. Well, those are our ridiculous concepts that would fit into uh, that's our what if segment. Thank you for listening to that, <laughs> going with us on that journey. But hey, if you think you have a better idea, and I'm sure that you do, because these are awful. <laughs> Whatever. If you <laughs> Greek V Lightning Squad for life, tattoo it. Uh, if you have a what if idea um, that would fit into the Invincible Universe, a ridiculous pun oriented hero or villain, let us know at our Twitter at CBK Cast and hashtag crazy hero or hashtag crazy villain so we'll be able to check them out and our favorite one i'm gonna draw and we're going to post it so everybody can see so we're gonna we're gonna pick one that we really like so we want to hear like you know what would it be called brief description you don't have to go into as much info that lance went into he's great you can email so, us the backstory i'll read you can it email the backstory if you want all right have fun with that i think uh we just gotta do a little social media wrap up lance um so uh if you want to contact us on twitter uh, it's at cbk cast use the hashtag cbk cast with your what if ideas or any questions or comments about anything we discuss in the show let us know what you love or questions that you have about invincible um, it is a great comic to talk about our Instagram is also at CBKCast. We will have some images of Invincible and favorite um, covers and art um, that we've t- mentioned earlier in the show. Comic Book Keepers is also hosted by the Geekly Grind. Stop by the Geekly Grind for all things geeky from webcomics, anime, and manga to board games, video games, RPGs, and more. Take a break from your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. That's thegeeklygrind.com. And don't forget to check out the composer of our theme song, Arcane Anthems. Our good friend Weston makes royalty-free music for tabletop RPGs, campaigns, streams, and podcasts. You can check out his amazing work at Arcane Anthems on Twitter, TikTok, as well as downloading all of his available music for free from his Patreon, at Arcane Anthems. So it's time to close the book on Invincible. So until next time, this is Chris. And Lance. Reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer. I'm going to go read more Invincible. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I gotta find out what happens. Yeah. People are gonna explode! Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of crazy stuff. People are gonna die. Oh, 100%. Extremely violent. Yeah, in the best (laughs) way.